Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thanks so much for tuning in to Bravo Happy Hour. Just a reminder that if you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating, and leave a little review. It's the best way to let other Bravo lovers find out about the show. Today's episode is blessed with the presence of Dave Quinn. He's a journalist at People Magazine, writing all about Hollywood's biggest celebs, obviously our favorite and beloved Bravo celebrities, and all about Broadway. Welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I love your enthusiasm. That just got me jazz. <laughs> I did just have an espresso because I've been like working all morning and I like got out of my last recording. I was so brain dead. I was like, it's too early for a margarita, but I think it's okay to shotgun a little espresso. So I might actually yeah. be buzzing this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am just running solely on the fuel of celebrity gossip. That really pretty much keeps me going. That is my caffeine. And especially the Bravo fuel, which is like constantly filled to the brim with good juicy gossip. It's pretty insane how the people on Bravo deliver week after week. Like this show is actually too easy for me sometimes because <laughs> it's like these crazies just create problems sometimes. And I'm like, do I they know. know that this is just making my job a lot easier? But so you're a writer for People Magazine. And yeah. like I was saying to you before we started, I read so many of your articles and then report on them, which I think is kind of funny and full circle that this is happening. But I wanted to kind of pick your brain on how you kind of get these scoops and how you get access to these people. Do they kind of reach out to you with like little tidbits or do you kind of do your own journalism and work backwards and then reach out to them? Well, first of all, let me just say thank you so much for saying that to begin with. I'm so grateful that you guys are reading. And I really see myself as kind of an extension of the fans who just has this like amazing platform to be able to uh, deliver this sort of information. So I really am a huge Bravo fan. And that's how this all kind of started for me. I was able to uh, marry my love for this beat with an outlet that was looking for somebody to kind of take over and uh, and run the show there. And I do a mix of everything. You know, I'm lucky enough that I've been able to build relationships with some of these uh, characters, as I'll call them, <laughs> and uh, and they often reach out to tell me their stories beforehand and confide in me with um, how they think they should go about releasing information or 
telling that story and I help them get there. Other times I'm just kind of a big snoop and I discover <laughs> things and I'm like, oh my God, and I want to uh, chase that story. And I spend time really fighting to get exclusives and fighting to get things. And then um, there's always the amazing times when uh, the network themselves will come to me with the story and say, listen, you know, we have this and we really want to put it out at a certain time. So a lot of people are always uh, coming after me asking like when I'm going to release trailers or any of those things. That's all really dictated by the network. The network makes decisions on when they're putting out trailers. They make decisions on which outlets they'll go to. And I'm lucky enough that oftentimes they come to me, but there's plenty of times they go to other outlets. Um, but a lot of the exclusives that I may get on relationships or babies, that is usually built through things that I've chased myself or relationships that I've built outside of the network. That's amazing. So who out of all of the Bravo housewives or just Bravo lebs do you think you have like the closest connection with where you could like shoot them a text and be like, give me some juice? Like, do you have any relationships like that? I'm like trying to piggyback onto them. I'm like, and can you give me their phone number? (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have relationships with them though. I'm very, very um, keen to protect my sources simply because I always say like, if you were a source of mine, I wouldn't want to go blabbing about you either. I like to keep those things anonymous, but I, I will just say this as somebody who is a fan first it blows my mind when i looked out at my phone and a celebrity that i have like grown up if grown up is hilarious because i'm older than them in many cases <laughs> but like somebody who i've watched for years is like calling me you know what i'm saying like it's bananas i'm still like holy goodness i'm on the phone with these people that like never goes away and the thing that i often tell people is that Um, they are exactly who you imagine them to be. There's nothing different about them whatsoever. So Ramona Singer, for example. (laughs) The queen? The queen. I adore Ramona Singer. She is the only OG in New York, if you ask me, because she has never missed a season as a housewife. Um, Unlike Luann, who was made in a friend of one season, (laughs) Ramona has kept that apple the whole way through. And she is literally who she is, top to bottom, left to right. Like that is Ramona. I have been over her house many times, oftentimes for dinner, and she will start calling me halfway through our conversation, Danny. And I don't know who she thinks Danny is. It's certainly not me. My name is Dave. But she'll be like, Danny, do you want a drink? And I'll be like, my name is Dave. But I never correct her. I'm like, sure, yeah. Like, I am sitting there the whole time being like, this is hilarious. Ramona Singer is calling me by the wrong name. I'm obsessed with her. It's I mean, that's that's a is. sign of endearment. Like, remember last season where they were doing, like, Tej, Tej, with, like, the guy who was helping at the house, and, like, her mm-hmm. and Sonia just couldn't say his name correctly, and he just kept saying it to them, and they were like, we do not hear you. This is your new yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and that's the thing. I was like, I will now be Danny. If that's what you'd like, I don't care, <laughs> because you're Ramona Singer, and I'm not going to, like absolutely not going to be the one to correct you but I don't know I mean they really are all of themselves like Luann every time I speak with her does bring up her cabaret that's just who (laughs) she is like it's just the way it is Bethany will always pivot into a conversation about be strong like she is a baller she you know is a quick interview you have to stay on your toes with her they are exactly who they are there's nobody um who is really putting on airs 
And I think that's kind of what makes a really quality housewife and someone who can kind of last a few seasons. Like when they really give it their all, they give it their crazy kind of from day one. Like I always felt like Dorinda always was a great example of that who came in, what, like five or six, seven seasons into New York and then just immediately fit in. But she kind of led with crazy. And so the viewers <laughs> were just like, oh, wait, like what we see is what we get. Like this is it. Whereas I think maybe a Teddy Mellencamp on Beverly Hills has kind of had a rougher transition into being a housewife because in the beginning we were like, so what are you offering? What's up? What's right. your deal? Like, and I don't know, like as a viewer, I was like, do I trust her? Who is she? What does she want? Why is she on this show? Or, you know, I couldn't really get a sense of really who she was, but I also think that might have to do with just the shows that they enter where Beverly Hills is very closed lipped on a lot of things where New York, there's literally vibrators and chicken and Sony doesn't <laughs> shave her pussy. Like, <laughs> like right. there's no, there's no, you know, there's no time for a New York housewife to come in without, you know, pretty much going at full throttle. Yeah. But you also have somebody like Teddy's such a good example. And I'm glad that you bring her up because I think that she's gotten a bad rap and, and that is not necessarily her, uh, you know, like she's caused some of that herself by being a little unsure of who she is and a little bit of, you know, rocky in those sorts of situations. And I think that's just her being true to who, you know, she really is in life. Like she maybe is at this point in life where she doesn't really know where she fits in. And mm -hmm. that for me is interesting. See, the biggest misconception I think that people have about me in general is that I have points of view on these people that I like choose favorites or I maybe like people more. I, I love them all equally. <laughs> I love and hate them all equally. They are all, when someone is the villain in a season, I'm still like cheering them on behind the scenes because I recognize that they're people and that, you know, a lot of times they're being edited, not, not necessarily certain ways that they're not presenting themselves as, but there's a through line that's being edited to tell a clean story. So someone like Kenya Moore, they may not show oftentimes her softer sides because she's there to do a job and she's bringing that job to the table. And we have to appreciate like, listen, without her, what's happening this season? She's stirring things up. Good for her. She's getting that paycheck. Yeah, Kenya definitely always works really hard for her money. And yeah. whereas a lot of the other women on Atlanta kind of just coast on her uh, tailcoats and coast on Marlo and Yovana and the cookie lady right. and Tanya, where it's like, those aren't even full-time housewives. Like, let's get the main ladies to really start throwing down. Right, which is why I appreciate her. It's why I appreciate someone like Leanne Locken. Like, she works hard for her cash. Like, there, you have to look in the full picture. And I always tell the women behind the scenes, respect your villains on your cast. Because if you ostracize them, if you push them out, if you want them gone, someone else has to be the villain when they're not around. So what's going to happen next season on Dallas without Leanne? I'm very interested in because... Stephanie, mm. Brandy, Cameron, some, one of them has to be the villain. I Is it going to be Deandra? Is it going to be yeah. Carrie? Like what's going to happen? And, and they are now vulnerable in a way that they haven't been in four years. Totally. Fascinating. Yeah. And I think Kyle Richards is kind of seeing this where it's like she had been on a rampage trying to get LVP off the show for the past couple seasons, or at least kind of like slowly plotting to make that happen. She got her off and now the editors are like, we're coming for you. And, you know, yep. I think she's a little bit blindsided, especially now like watching it as the season's been airing 
you know, people are really ragging on her and, you know, the editors haven't been really necessarily doing her a lot of favors. And I think she's kind of confused, even like Garcelle kind of coming after her being like, yeah, if I, I wouldn't want to be quarantined with Kyle. And now Kyle's like, I don't understand what happened. What happened? What happened? Like the new girl doesn't like me. <laughs> like, and I think, I think it kind of, yeah, it, it has to fall on someone when you get the, the villain out. But. <laughs> right, it does. The thing, the other thing that I'll say, just because like I'm obsessed with you being a fan, like I am of these shows, that I think is so fascinating is that behind the scenes, the conversations that I have with the cast, they are so interested in the gossip of what's happening in the other shows. So I will have oh. housewives from one franchise call me to be like, oh, like for example, when Tamara left. The calls that I got up and down, left and right from these other housewives from Jersey, from New York, all wanting to know about Tamara's exit. What was it like? What happened? What's really going on? How is she doing? Like, it's fascinating. They are all invested in what's happening across the franchises, even though they may not be watching them. Maybe they don't necessarily know, you know, who each other are. Like, they all knew about the fight in Potomac, even if they didn't know the players. They all knew what was happening with, like, Vicky and Tamara, even if they weren't really paying attention to the ins and outs so that for me is always super cool like why am I getting a call from you of all people <laughs> well they're all kind of like co-workers and as much as like co-workers in a real corporate setting there is like a little bit of competition so I can imagine someone like you know from randomly from Dallas calling you being like I can't believe the Potomac girls are fighting their seasons are going to be so big and they're going to have so much press and people are going to really be talking about it which kind of takes away maybe from the drama or maybe lack thereof on their own season so it's interesting how they all kind of stay abreast of what's going on but I mean yeah. to bring it back to Ramona as just because all lead, roads lead back to Ramona Singer I find it funny how at least for someone like her who's you know kind of like bravo I say royalty and I literally like want to die that like that's what I think of Ramona Singer but her being like I don't know any of like the Potomac ladies the Dallas ladies I don't even know them I don't even care so it's interesting how there's like a hierarchy too in how certain housewives look at other ones and even other shows just in general yeah oh for sure I mean, they, they, uh, <laughs> the fun of BravoCon was watching a lot of them behind the scenes interacting with each other and realizing that, like, some of them didn't even care to give no, you know, like, uh, <laughs> any sort of um, attention. Like, I don't, she's beneath me. I don't need to talk to her. While others were like, I mean, there was a great video that um, was taken from the green room, I think, that somebody posted you know one of the housewives posted on her instagram stories and i think you heard like kyle richards or no maybe it was uh lisa renna being like oh you're from that boat show <laughs> about below deck and i was like, like the boat was, like, show the boat show i was like yep the boat show that's them oh uh, my god wait absolutely hilarious just speaking on boat shows have you been watching below deck sailing i have been watching yeah i really like it and i get people sliding into my dms like being mad at me, like telling me that they listen to my show and they completely disagree that the show is so boring. And I'm like, it's a new cast. It's all fresh faces. We've got to give it a, like, give it a chance. And I've been really enjoying it. So I don't know what that says about me or what it says well, about it them. 
I actually think that they're in the minority because if you look at the ratings, below deck sailing has been doing very well. In fact, it's getting higher ratings than Dallas. So Whoa, like wow. you have to for a first season show, it's doing over a million. Dallas is averaging, I think, about half. So it's like it was doing really, really well. And um I think we'll be seeing more of it in the future. That is if, you know, we can get back to a future of reality shows. <laughs> well, now <laughs> it's so weird. Around. Like, there are so many things up in the air. Like, Summer House, are we even going to get, like, weekends in the Hamptons? Like, I understand that we need to take precautions. And, you know, just because, like, I want them on my screen doesn't mean I'm going to be like, go out every weekend and party. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, right? I don't need to selfishly have them be put at risk god forbid for my own enjoyment but so many shows are going to have delays whether it's vanderpump rules who's going to be filming probably fairly soon a lot of the housewife shows and below deck are all stopped filming right now it's going to be weird when they pick back up and then it's like a fugue state where it was like oh and that was two months out of our lives we all were quarantined and now we're back to our regularly scheduled programming like it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of handle this quarantine on these shows yeah, I know. I'm, I think that some of them will address it. So Orange County, for example, was in the midst of filming. I think they were about a month into filming when the quarantine started or stay at home order started. So I think that for them, um, they've been asked from what I've heard to kind of film themselves at home a little bit. And I think that you'll see some of the you know, action continue that way. But other shows like Dallas hadn't even started filming yet. So I'm assuming that that's not going to necessarily be a giant storyline within mm -hmm. the franchise when that starts. Um, same thing with Atlanta. Like they haven't started filming. Did you, did you see the Secrets Revealed episode on Sunday? No, I did? didn't. I'm like always behind like a week on all the shows, which is <laughs> terrible to admit on my own show about Bravo. <laughs> no, that's okay. There's a lot to catch up on. So oh Bravo God. did a Secrets Revealed Atlanta episode with footage from the rest of the season that they hadn't shown, but they interspersed it with like um, actual scenes of the women at home in quarantine. And it was really interesting and like very well done. And bravo to those editors for making it happen. And of course, now they'll have a virtual reunion as well. So I think that um, that's the sort of future that we're going to look at that little hybrid. And I'm kind of excited. I mean, I guess like everything in life right now is kind of having to like pivot accordingly based on just our current situation. So it is kind of fun as a viewer to see like, how's Bravo going to do this? How are they going to edit this reunion? And we did get glimpses of the pictures and a little bit of um, video associated with the reunion too. And I just have to point out, like, I don't know if you saw, but Marlo and Ta Tanya, I always get her name. I always say Tanya, but yeah. it's Tanya. The two yeah. of them had like the wonkiest lighting. They looked like they were the crypt keeper and all the other women were like so beautifully well lit. And I'm like, Bravo really did these friends up dirty with this lighting situation. <laughs> like, come on, they can be sent well, the full lighting kit. <laughs> I know. I, I don't understand why every um, reality star did not just like order a ring light the second this quarantine started <laughs> and, and not only ring lights, but like, also a really good microphone would be nice you know um <laughs> but yeah they they just have not invested in um themselves in the way that i think that they should have. <laughs> oh my god well oh on that goodness. note let's jump right into the news of this past week so galnessa gg or gg 
I, I always butcher her last name and I feel so ignorant and white when I say it. Gara Chagadi. <laughs> we all know Gigi sure. from Shaz. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Trying. That sounds right. <laughs> so Gigi gave birth to her baby boy Elijah this past 427. He is a beautiful little angel baby. And honestly, I was shocked that Gigi didn't make it so the baby was born on 420. Like to really lean into <laughs> like this read uh Wusa'a journey that she's on. <laughs> that would have been really fantastic. I have to tell you, I saw her a couple of months ago, and all we talked about was how she can't wait to have the baby so she can choke up. So <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, I can't wait. I miss it so much. So yeah. But <laughs> oh, I'm happy for great. her. It was like hard watching this past season and seeing like every, you know, few weeks, there was just like another medical crisis for her. And I'm like, this poor girl, like, you know, it doesn't even really have necessarily like a partner to be with in these moments. Granted, she has like the best and most supporting parents I've ever seen on television ever. So at least she has them in her corner, but I can imagine this journey being pretty brutal for her. And so I'm glad it ended with a beautiful little baby boy. I know. And you know, there are so many layers to that. Like, first of all, you know, she herself admitted that she was really excited to kind of be going through this by herself because she knew that it would be like, um, controversial within her community and that she wanted to be able to show other people that like, yes, this is possible and kind of break that stereotype because, you know, in um, the Persian community, it's very rare for women to have children out of wedlock. So I'm really glad that she kind of um, in one way is, is paving the way. And I think that representation is so important. I say that as a gay person who grew up on television, grew up watching television and like, seeing gay people only dying of AIDS and then watching like the switch happen when people like Pedro Zamora and other out gay characters on reality TV allowed uh, the nation to see that, you know, we're not all disease carrying evil people. Um, and that really changed. So hopefully she will be able to pave the way. At the same time, she's been speaking really openly on social media about how hard this has been, even in the early days of having this baby that like, there's a lot of pressure on her and she realizes this is going to be tough. So I feel for her in both sides of the coin, you know, I'm proud of her for paving the way, but I also recognize that this is going to be really hard in the next couple of months. Totally. She wrote a really beautiful Instagram caption saying, obviously having a baby during a pandemic is hard, but then yeah. she went even deeper saying, it's also scary that I don't have all the answers to give my son when he asks me certain questions like, who is my dad? It's scary that after holding him for just 10 minutes, my arms and hands go numb because of my rheumatoid arthritis. And so it makes me, it makes it painful to cuddle her baby. Even that stuff, like it just hurts. Cause you know, you know, those are questions she is going to have to answer. And granted, she's going to have a long time before that baby can you know, figure out this whole situation. And so she has time, but still like that, that weighs hard and heavy on a mom's heart. And she knows, and like you said, like, it is amazing that she did this on her own, but that does also have, you know, a lot of responsibility attached to it. And I couldn't even imagine like oh having to God. do this while having like rheumatoid arthritis, like where you saw her for, you know, so long going through like surgeries and all these different like painful experiences and not being able to hold her baby and it just seems, yeah. it seems really sad. And that's actually why she gave birth early. I and mean, she was due in May, but she had baby oh. early. Uh, yeah. And she talked about that because, um, because of the rheumatoid arthritis, she wanted to make sure that she was getting the medication early on and getting back on, you know, her, her medication mm. plan. They didn't oh. want to keep her off it for too long. So I didn't even but, think that know, she couldn't be on it when she was pregnant. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 
but everything is going well. And I love the name Elijah, and I especially love that she named him after Elijah Wood. Wait, are you kidding? That. <laughs> yes. So when we talked uh, in March, she um, and she revealed the name at her baby shower. She told me uh, that she named him after Elijah Wood, that she had long settled on that because she had been in love with him forever. She remembers first seeing him in Radio Flyer back in 1992 and, quote, he was the guy for me. Um, and she always oh. had said that if she had a boy, she was going to name him Elijah. And of course, there's this extra special meaning she mentioned because her sperm donor is Jewish. So she's like, oh, it's a Hebrew name. So it kind of honors my donor daddy. But, um, but it's just hilarious that it's after Elijah Wood. I'm like, you know what, girl, I live for it. If that's the way I'm going to live my life, my baby's name is going to be Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kid is going to be Countess Luann. First name there Countess, middle name Luann. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my God. That is so funny. And also so Gigi, like that that's how she would name her child. I know. It's really endearing. I very much come full circle on her because as somebody watching this show early on, you were like, this woman is nuts. But like, <laughs> she really, I think has grown up a lot. Um, and it's hard to do that on reality TV. The thing that kind of connects all reality stars, I will say, is none of them have any self-awareness. Accurate, um, yes. <laughs> and you can't have self-awareness if you're on reality TV. You cannot. Like, if I was on reality TV and someone threw a drink in my face, I would be like, I'm so sorry. What did I do? It must be my fault. I apologize. Like, I'm too in my own head, which is why I think we all judge telling Teddy Mellencamp so hard, because I think that she actually has self-awareness. You got to be nuts. You got to be crazy. You got to think you're right all the time. And that's why... Nini's and Ramona's and Bethany's mm -hmm. are also great because they're kind of detached from reality. Completely. So she she's really had that detached from reality for a long time. And I think she's grown up in the past couple of years. It's been lovely to see. I love Gigi so much. I think this season was really good. It just ended this past Friday and it kind of came to a head at Sara's party where like Reza and MJ met again and had that whole conversation about the restraining order that Adam won't let Reza drop. And a part of me was like proud in a way that Reza was actually standing by his husband. But then like later in the episode, I, the more I was thinking about it, the more I was like, no, I think Reza still has a bone to pick with Tommy and MJ. He's kind of just like putting it on Adam at this point. But I think he also kind of is like, nah, like you guys aren't going to get away with like smashing plants in my, <laughs> and like coming to my house with like a bat <laughs> to like break my legs. I don't think you guys are going to get away with it that quickly. But hopefully. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and I definitely get that. And I feel for uh, Reza in that moment because that was scary. That's got to be scary. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like Reza, I think often forgets what he has done to escalate that situation. <laughs> yeah. And that like, while he's not showing up with the bat, like some of the things that he said were equally violent and just as scary and terrifying. And especially the things that he said about her abortions that I thought was <sighs> like really disgusting and totally crossing a line. And, you know, he um, has shown sorrow for that, but he doesn't recognize what, you know, I, a little bit his actions and kind of leading that through. Um, not that I'm team anybody in this. I, I, I want them both to be friends. They have a toxic relationship, obviously, and lots of back and forth, but I think that they care about each other a lot. But there's much more to this, I think, than, you know, than just this. And maybe it's because I understand Tommy. Like, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. Like, Tommy makes sense to me. <laughs> Same. You know I'm, I mean? I'm completely on team Tommy. I was, like, about yeah. to get on a plane with my bat 
and yeah. smash. I mean, I'm like now going to get sued or something for threatening to, kill, <laughs> to hurt Reza. But I totally would have been in exactly Tommy's position. My partner's best friend of 30 years, you know, trashes my wife on the internet and really blows up all of her medical issues when she didn't even have a time to address these things. Like, and MJ's not someone who would hide what was going on with her. So I felt like eventually she would have been opening up to whatever publication about her birth journey in the first place and probably would have mentioned, and it was so seriously damaging to my body that I'm actually no longer able to have children. But like, that is a narrative that she should be able to tell herself without her friend blowing it up on Instagram. And then for like the blogs and me and everybody to be like, what the fuck? Like what's going on behind the scenes? And I can imagine that, you know, weighed really heavy on her and Tommy. Yeah, I totally. And listen, when you're angry, it is so hard to have compassion. It is so, so hard to have compassion. So I, I really, the thing that I, um, that I understand and I kind of give everybody a bit of a like hall pass on, it's like, I get it. When you're in your feelings, like compassion is far, far, far Mm -hmm. from where you need to be. But I wish that they were a little bit more compassionate towards one another. Yeah. Well, we did get a little mo- nice moment with Nemo or kind of like, hopefully he can move on a little bit towards like his mommy daddy issues because this past season was a little brutal having him just kind of keep, you know, going back and forth with how he feels towards his parents and how they left him and whatever, how they split up. Yeah. And so this last episode was nice where he had the meal with his half sister and Mona and the father. And they actually had like an open conversation where Nemo was like, you fucked me up so badly. Like, I don't ever want to have kids. And the dad is like, that's the worst news ever. Like, I can't believe my own actions made you feel this way. And so hopefully Nima can kind of, you know, grow from the season a little bit too and kind of move forward in his own life and his own relationships in a more positive way. Yeah, I hope that. I really like him a lot. I do too. Wait, I actually just saw online, like, Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules dated him. She said they went on, like, six dates, but they didn't, like, hook up or do anything serious. She was like, he was a perfect gentleman and that she would hook him up with any of her friends who were single. And so he's got this Sheena approval, which I don't know how much that really means. But honestly, who who hasn't Sheena Shea gone on dates with? I mean, she's amazing. You gotta respect her game. Like she is really connected. I feel like she's dated them all. Definitely like a bunch of like, I feel like a sprinkling of the Southern Charm guys. I feel like there was a Carl Radke from Summer House. She definitely, I'm trying to think who else she kind of, She's had the most to. crossovers, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> she really like, has. I want to make like a Venn diagram of like all the people all of Bravo who have kind of hooked up and I'll make a really big like Eskimo sister chart. Like, yes, Sonia Morgan, Morgan, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> and I feel like who else? Um, I think Ramona went on a date with somebody that was like surprising. I can't remember whom. Um, Oh, who? Yeah. And I'm trying to think Whitney from Southern Charm went on a date with maybe like Sonia and Kelly Ben Simone. I feel like I saw he dated both of them at one point. I'm like, oh my what God, yes, in the world? Right. But you know what? They probably meet at like Upfronts or some Bravo event, exchange numbers. And it's like, yeah, of course you're going to date people who you meet. But it also cracks me up to think like all of my worlds can kind of cross over. <laughs> just with one and of listen, if you're, if you're single and hot, why not? <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, well, this is a great 
uh, segue into single hot people. Well, actually, I guess they're not single, but hot people. So Bella Hadid, the daughter of Yolanda Hadid, who was on Beverly Hills for seasons three through six, opened up this week that she is expecting a baby with Zayn Malik, who's formerly in One Direction. I'm so happy for Gigi Hadid. Listen, all of our Gigi's are having babies. Right? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of exciting. I think that her and Zayn uh, have been together for a long time. It seems like they are going to be uh, great, um, you know, parents. And they obviously want to have this kid. And they're like, you know, at that stage, quarantining together. So this is like a perfect opportunity, right? You know what I mean? I so like, like focus your- on like staying in and being healthy and... Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I don't know. But also I'm like 25 years old. You're so young, but I guess when you're young, rich and like already have an incredibly successful career, I guess like having a baby doesn't really matter where I'm like 26. And like the thought of having a kid right now is like absolutely terrible. I know. <laughs> I know. No, it's, it's really surprising. And I, it's so funny how that has changed because 25, 26 years, I think she's 25 maybe. Yeah. But like she when just you were turned ha- 25. Yeah. Like having a kid at that age, years ago would have been like completely normal um so it's just funny because now we're like oh my god that's so young (laughs) (laughs) i know i always think like my mom at 26 had two kids already and then by 28 had three and the thought of that i'm like okay by 28 i hope to be making a little bit more money on my podcast um maybe get a couple raises at work i'm like i see like only like short-term goals that do not involve child rearing (laughs) But, but it's an exciting time you know you have to think about the fact that like especially like Yolanda lost her mom recently right mm-hmm. so this is like the beauty of new life and she gets to kind of be a grandma and you know um it's it's good because like it's always happy when we're able amidst especially a pandemic where there's so much death celebrate new life coming in so I think it's like a it's kind of a cute adorable thing the only thing I feel bad about is that they didn't get to control the narrative like I hate that it came out on TMZ I hate that it happened before they had a chance to actually announce it on their own terms you know um Gigi went on the tonight show to basically say the exact same thing and I think that kind of sucks I, I I understand that we always feel as a society that we are like um like we have some sort of right to know things yeah, about like celebrities. Yeah, like entitled to. Yeah, exactly, an entitlement. But like in this case, I really think that pregnancies is that that sort of situation should be on the terms of the parents. So yeah, I, I feel I bad agree. that that happened. Oh, well, that baby's I going to be bad. so freaking beautiful. Like I was then googling like so Yolanda's Dutch and then. Muhammad is Palestinian, and then Zayn's parents are Pakistani and British. I'm like, you couldn't find oh like a better melting pot of beautiful genes for these babies. So. I know. And just think about like this baby's gonna have Bella as <sighs> uh, as his aunt. It's gonna have um, you know Anwar, his uncle, Dua Lipa, maybe yeah, <laughs> you know, like oh maybe- my god. I don't know. Is Bella still with the, the weekend? They go up and down, left and right. You know, we never. Yeah, know I feel they like they're like a roller coaster relationship. Yeah, but I'm just saying so. this baby's gonna have a lot of love. Yeah, no, I'm happy for them. And Yolanda is seems like a great mom, and so I can imagine her really like stepping into the grandma role kind of effortlessly. Yeah. Well, Beverly I want Hills. Her back oh. on Housewives, I really do. 
Yeah, I don't know if she ever would go back. I feel like because now she kind of has like her own thing being a model mom and like walking in, you know, the off-white fashion show. She kind of like has created this like new like life and persona outside of Housewives because of how successful the girls have become. So I'm not sure if she'd ever like, I say like stoop down to go to the Beverly Hills Housewives again, but just like living on her like beautiful farm in Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh jealous right <laughs> i know i'm like stuck You're in right. this city like dying <laughs> i know but beverly hills has been really good thus far and i think the standout moment of this past episode was the aaron and denise conversation at the dinner party about how people are like following them because of their like use of alternative medicine at his practice like yeah. that was the most stony baloney conversation I've ever heard everybody just was giving the biggest like question mark faces at him like what are you saying dude (laughs) I know and I mean quite frankly I the person I was looking to the most was Rena in that moment I was like are you you're having a Xanax smoothie as we talk so like (laughs) big pharma's not coming after you Well, also, I like that they were like, people are really following us. I'm like, you do realize Denise Richards is very famous. Like, that could just be a paparazzi. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, the big government, the big medical companies having people trail after you because of his, you know, monumental work in alternative medicine. And it just cracked me up. And I also can see why Denise, like, is the perfect woman for him because Denise doesn't ask any questions. She just implicitly trusts. And like, I feel like he could say anything to her and she's like, absolutely, this all makes sense. Even when she was like laying in bed before she got like her hernia, well actually, you know, maybe after her hernia surgery. And he's like, let me put this thing on your finger so that the infrared sauna radiation permeates your scapula. And, and she's just like saying big words at her and she's like, yes, that's, ex- I think this will make a big difference. I'm like, what is this hokey shit that he is pulling on her? But I kind of love it. Yeah. You know who I wish was at that table with them was Shannon Bedore. Because oh, yeah. Shannon Bedore <laughs> is very into alternative medicine. And I feel like she would have been right there with Aaron. And be like, oh, oh, totally. Dr. Moon told me. And they could have had a whole chat about it. Oh my gosh, she would be like, strap me up to whatever machine you have in your office. I will do it. I will pay a lot of money for it. <laughs> I know. Um, Alternative medicine for me, I mean, I'm, I'm barely. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
a believer in regular medicine. Like I'm not, you know, I, I'm <laughs> one of those people who's like, uh, I try to just stay as healthy as I can without having to medicate myself. But I just one. laugh. I just laugh because like, it's so LA and it was so Beverly, like what a Beverly Hills moment in my mind. And, and um, I loved every second of it. And the, the standout, although that moment was hilarious, the standout for me always in an episode of Beverly Hills is stoned Maurizio. Oh, yeah. Was his new dad bod just like, uh, I love a stoned dad bod. I know. I'm into <laughs> daddy stoner Maurizio. Mm. I'm into... Um, I'm into the fact that he loves being shortless and <laughs> I, just everything that's happening. I'm, I've signed up for <laughs> He's definitely making Kyle a little bit more palatable. I liked their scenes together when you just kind of see like their normal life because he is like a big, he's a love bean, which now yeah, I'm like going to start saying, yeah, they definitely are having fun. And I think, you know, they probably were in, like, parent mode for a while, and now they probably only have Portia in the house all the time, so he can probably, like, chill out a little bit, smoke a little bit more pot, not have to feel like he's in daddy mode all the time. I mean, he's in zaddy mode all the time, not daddy <laughs> mode. <laughs> I hate myself for that terrible joke. <laughs> I don't. I love you even more for it. It's fantastic. Oh my God. Definitely one of those couples that I think really, truly love each other. Absolutely. And I have always felt it. And I think also a good sign of that, at least for me, is like when they met, she had been a mother of Farah for I think like four or five, six years. So, you know, he signed on to be a dad when they met. And I always think that's, you know, a, a sign of a, a really good man. But I yeah, know. I actively looking for my hot Mauricio. <laughs> and then I guess the only other thing that really happened this week with that was a standout moment was, you know, Sutton telling Teddy she's boring. And as much as, like, <laughs> I kind of agree, like, none of the other ladies had any real thoughts on, like, their first impression, you know, other than, like, you are more fabulous than I thought you were. <laughs> it's like, what kind of first impression is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> You gotta love Renna being like, I love games. Let's play a game. This is the person who asked, you know, Doree famously, were they doing coke in your <laughs> bedroom, yeah. bathroom, right? They're doing coke in your bathroom. Oh I, um, I know they didn't, uh, they didn't really actually have any uh, true first impressions. You know, it was very Beverly Hills. It was very like, I didn't think you were as fabulous as I see you now. That's why I appreciate Sun. See, Sun has gotten a lot of hate. But Ooh, I yeah. love, love, love. I'm like, you know what's great about Sutton? She doesn't actually, um, we haven't seen her before. You know, she's, mm-hmm. we haven't seen somebody like her on that show before. And I appreciate that she kind of is mixing it up a bit. I like that she has good opinions. And even if, you know, I don't agree that Teddy's boring, it's like, good, say it. Yeah, and I kind of like that she's a little bit, like, she's got that Southern Belle thing going, but yet she also is, like, very Manhattan socialite and was in the ballet scene for a very long time and in the fashion scene, and now she's, like, this Beverly Hills, you know, kind of housewife archetype of, like, you know, a beautiful blonde woman who doesn't work and, you know, has a ton of money. And so I think she has, like, many different sides to her that are always kind of coming out and it's interesting to see how each woman kind of takes her because Erica Jane was like the fashion one on the show and now they're kind of trying to position Sutton as like Miss Fashion 
And so even like their conversation about like couture versus ready to wear on this first episode just made me laugh. Like, why do we care? And yet, you know, Erica like kind of shaded her for wearing couture, but you know, let's not forget like two seasons ago where she like wore that Moschino like big shirt dress and she's like, it's couture off the right. runway. So it's like, <laughs> let's not forget you two who are pulling couture, like couture shaming. <laughs> I know. Honestly, you can spend year, like years compiling the lists of hypocrisies that happen yeah. on Housewives. And like that is such a perfect one. I mean, they all do exactly what they complain that others do. They don't know <laughs> how to see their own hypocrisies. But again, that's why I love them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's so good. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really pleased with how Beverly Hills going this season. And the last few seasons were a little slow. And as although Vanderpump isn't on the show, it doesn't make any difference for me. And I kind of feel the same way towards Bethany on New York. I love Vanderpump. I love Bethany. But the shows have been, you know, coasting without them. And so I think it's a good sign that even when you do lose, like, you know, a big dog on the show, like, the show will still go on. It just will be a little bit different. And it'll allow for other people to actually have a chance to have storylines and, you know, grow in the show as well. So it's not just like basically the Lisa Vanderpump show or the Bethany Frankel show, which oftentimes it became. Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, I love them both so much too. I like, I, I dream about what it would be like to watch Lisa Vanderpump and Sutton. I think that they would be like such mm. an interesting pair together. But like the truth of the matter is these shows are built as ensemble pieces and, you know, you have strong players filling out your ensembles. You don't necessarily, no one is better than the other or bigger than the other. Mm -hmm. Like Atlanta moves forward without Nini. It has done in the past and it will in the future. And the same can be said for pretty much everything. I mean, everyone was freaking out about uh, New York in the beginning when Bethany announced, but you forget that you have Dorinda, you have Luann, you have Ramona, you have Sonia, you have all these power players, and then someone like Leah can come in and really give you such great um, energy. Yeah, Leah has been a really nice breath of fresh air and just shows like a different type of New York woman. Like we always are kind of seeing this like more like buttoned up kind of like Upper East Side vibe. And I think Bethany in the beginning and Carol too kind of were like the, we're not that Upper East Side woman. And that always kind of was something I enjoyed watching like as a New Yorker too, where I'm like, okay, yeah, the Upper East Side archetype of a woman is like a little boring. Like, you know, yeah. we get it, we get it. And so I kind of like seeing someone who's a little bit edgier, who has tattoos, shameful tattoos, which honestly, like, <laughs> all of my tattoos have now been, like, I've been, like, having sleepless nights thinking about, like, what old, rich, white women think about my tattoos. And I, like, know what they think, because I have a mom. Um, but, like, but, like, now it's, it's been heightened. So, <laughs> thanks, Ramona. <laughs> it's so, so funny, too, because, like, they all act as, they're all acting so self-important about the tattoos thing when, like, <laughs> When, like, these are women who have done far worse. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just love it, and I live for it. And I think that, like, what I love about Leah is she's not a perfect person. There's been a lot that's come out in the press about some things that she's done that are a little bit questionable. She has some pretty strong opinions about Trump. She has some mm -hmm. pretty strong opinions about um, the Me Too era. But, like, I just appreciate that she has opinions. And, yeah. you know, you want somebody who comes in and isn't a wallflower. 
So I, I live for what she's giving me. I'm really having fun with this season of New York. Well, moving coasts to talk about Vanderpump <laughs> Rules a little bit, Kristen Doty this week, speaking of, I guess, just pregnancy news, which is basically the first 45 minutes of this show, uh, <laughs> there was a photo that released uh, that was released of Kristen this past Tuesday, and I guess she had a little bit of a pooch on her stomach, and so all the blogs went wild, calling her pregnant, and... Kristen clapped back saying, your headline is that I'm pregnant, which I am not, so you're calling me fat for not sucking in my stomach like some fake Instagram models. When I was caught running errands during quarantines, go to hell. <laughs> you are what's wrong with women's body images, blah, 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 blah. So she clapped back to that. And I, like, I think that's a really rude thing. And as a reporter, like, what is your stance on any sort of like speculation of a woman being pregnant when you know she could have just had like a burrito? Like, well, this <laughs> showing. This is actually one of the reasons why I really love working for People Magazine is because we kind of hold ourselves to a very high standard and we don't participate in posts like this. So you won't really see people doing articles, outing anyone's pregnancies or even speculative pregnancy posts. It's just not the way that we as um, an organization like to uh, treat celebrities. And that like really, really means a lot to me um, because it matches with my own personal ethics. Listen, I'm a man. I have no place in life commenting about a woman's body, period. Okay. I'm especially not going to say that a woman who is getting a little bigger on the waist may be pregnant. Like that is none of my business. And I don't have any sense of shaming women into that whatsoever. Now, at the same time, when you step out on a, a red carpet and you have a significant uh, change in the way your body looks, like it is. I think very human to be like, Oh, maybe she's pregnant. And especially like, um, Joshua Jackson is a good example. Like his, um, not Joshua. Uh, no, yeah. Joshua Jackson. Sorry. I sometimes confuse Joshua Jackson with Jonathan, uh, Jackson in my mind, but <laughs> Joshua Jackson, his wife, Sophie, you know, like she never mentioned that she was pregnant. And then, uh, she, I think showed up on a red carpet with a big belly. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Sophie Turner, I get it. Like yeah. you're pregnant now. So, and I give her, you know, um, like you don't have to make a big announcement. So in that sort of sense, like I understand where you could be like, oh, okay. You're that showing. It's very clear in that case. But with something like Kristen, it's like, she obviously like wasn't pregnant. Just leave her alone. Yeah. I think Kristen gets sometimes the shit out of the stick and she's been getting a rough, go at it this past season and you know not getting invited to Stassi's engagement party and then the event in Vegas like I feel bad for her I understand I kind of understand why Saucy is very anti-Kristen you know I think she still harbors a lot of insecurity based on Kristen sleeping with Jax even though it was so many years ago like Kristen it's a it's a very similar situation Kristen introduced Stassi to Jax Kristen introduced Bo to Stassi. So it's a very similar situation. Stassi knows that Bo and Kristen were in like, you know, a, some shitty indie film like 10 years ago and they made out. So they have kissed. Like it doesn't matter if it was under the guise of like, you know, indie film. They've kissed. And so I could kind of see why Stassi is a little bit protective over her relationship with Bo because she's like, Kristen, regardless of what actually has happened, you know, if you've done anything with him, you had the capacity to do it to me before. So I don't know if I trust you in our life, you know, in, in my new relationship with Bo, 
that she obviously clearly like values above everything because like you know they're getting married and so I kind of understand Stassi's point of view where she kind of wants to distance herself towards Kristen but it also just does make me feel sad seeing her get left out and having Lala call her to tell her actively that she's not invited I thought was very rude I know I thought that was a little bit of a, a line crosser too I feel bad when anyone like that gets left out but the, this friendship circle they have so many crazy it's like a roller coaster with those with that crew and um I feel like there's always more going on than we actually see there um I just wish that there was a little bit more respect for one another especially with Stassi who especially with uh Kristen, who I think is is the goat of that show. <laughs> I mean, she always brings it. Like, I always think the show's kind of been carried because of Kristen. Granted, it's not yeah. always because of Kristen's like positive attitude and you know oh, good no. decision making. Like, no, oftentimes it's her fuckery <laughs> that drives storylines, which love to see. Um, but still, the show would be a lot different if she weren't here. And I think they're kind of slowly trying to just phase her out. And I think Kristen, I think Stassi and Katie are doing the we're not going to film with you and no one's going to film with you. And now you have to pretend to be BFFs with Sheena of all people just so that someone will film with you. And I think they're kind of playing that card to to but, get her off the show, which is just not fair. But I tell you, tell you, tell you, that does not work. It always mm. comes back to bite you in the ass. And a perfect example would be, um, you know, pretty much any other Housewife seasons when they tried to like ice out a girl and not film with her, they always end up coming back stronger than ever. Look at what happened with Kelly Dodd, with Ooh, the three yeah. Senegas, you know? So I feel like Kristen will have a very bright, a bright future on Vanderpump Rules. It's just as a tough year for her this year. I kind of want her to get like a side job at like Tom Tom or something. Like, let's get her back in the restaurant world. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's throw her back. She's probably not banned from working at Tom Tom. You know, she's definitely banned from Sir. I wonder if she's actually still banned from Sir. If she can even go there like, physically. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's all. I'm sure she actually can. Sure. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> well, staying in California, I actually am reporting a story that you reported on, uh, which is all about, um, which was so funny because I was like doing my own research and then like for our episode. And then I was like going up, I was like, oh, people, I wonder if Dave wrote this. And I'm like, he did. <laughs> like, full circle. So Megan King Edmonds from the Real Housewives of Orange County has been going through a shit show divorce situation with her ex-husband Jim Edmonds. And recently, I guess there's now problems going on about the child support, and she is saying he barely gives her any money for groceries for the tribe, which is three little kids. Like that is a lot of food. So actually, you know, I'll let you kind of tell me what you think about this story considering you are all knowing. <laughs> well, yeah, this was a comment that uh, Megan made in Instagram where essentially somebody had been like, oh, look at all you have. And she was essentially like, please, you know, like Jim's barely paying for groceries for my tribe. And, or, or that payment barely comes from groceries. And then um, Jim, through his rep, really fired a uh, pretty intense, uh, if you ask me, statement. Absolutely rude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's no one's business. And, uh, you know, what Jim is giving Megan each month for child support doesn't cover her groceries. She must be getting her eggs from Fabergé, which I live for. <laughs> a little bit of sass there. 
you know, and also mentioning that Jim is paying the bills for both of their homes, the medical bills and other expenses related to the kids' houses, um, and that her comments were really an insult to single mothers who are really struggling financially and working multiple jobs to make ends meet. Now, I do think that this was a little overblown. Personally, I do think that what Megan was saying was um, less about a criticism about Jim's um, child support payments and more to kind of say like, you know, I am having to work on my own. So don't pretend that I'm like getting a handout here. Um, that being said, like, oof, I get so uncomfortable when people start revealing and fighting back and forth exes like this, because I just always think to myself, like, y'all were in love. Y'all have kids. Y'all yeah. are parents. And like, one day your kids are going to be able to Google this. I think about this a lot with um, Jeff Lewis, in fact, who like mm -hmm. is constantly saying negative things about his um, his ex Gage. And I just keep saying to myself, like Monroe will be able to look this up one day. She will be able to listen to episodes of your radio show in which you were calling him like delusional. Like, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, to what end? Like, at what point are Megan and Jim, Gage and... Jeff going to just realize that like it's not worth it like you're saying all these things in public forums with the knowledge that this will get out anything they say can become a article it can be talked about on a podcast like you feed the beast when you like keep making comments like this and you would think that like they would just kind of want to like stay low key have the divorce have the child support stuff kind of like dealt with on the down low just so that they can keep like an ease of mind. Like I bet Megan has Google alerts and I bet she's seeing all of these things. And I bet Jim, you know, is now probably badgering her on the side about these comments. And it just seems like everybody's just like shut up, especially when children are involved and custody and divorces just seems like those are things that should be dealt with behind the scenes and, you know, just keep it within the home and keep like, I know. it just, it, it hurts my feelings to think like, I don't know. It's just ugly. And I don't know. And I, a part of me thinks like Jim likes the attention. Like the fact that he had his mm. rep respond to you saying like, kind of like very rude things <laughs> where he probably could have just like said nothing. Like, just right. And listen, <laughs> there are a lot of levels going on here, right? There's, um, there are a few things. Like, first of all, Megan would find out about something like this, about Jim's comments, not through a Google alert, but through me as well, right? Because I have to then oh. take Jim's statement and I have to say, hey, Megan, do you have a comment about this, right? So oh. oftentimes they're finding out that information from us, from reporters who are saying this. You know, Jim likely never knew about Megan's comment on Instagram until a reporter went to him and said, hey, Megan said this about your child support. Do you have a comment back? And that's really how this all starts sometimes. Um, a lot of reps, a, lo a lot of couples, like for example, we'll mention him again, Gage and Jeff, like Gage consistently has been no comment. Gage has been like, I'm not commenting on this. And he recently, I think, did an Instagram live just a couple of weeks ago, speaking out for the first time since his split with Jeff, where he basically reiterated again to all of his followers, hey, I'm not responding to this stuff negatively because my daughter one day is going to be able to see this and I don't want to be the one trashing her. Now, you know, that being said, that's not how Jim is reacting. And Jim is saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's got an ego and he wants to defend himself. I mean, Jim is also dating right now the woman who he had a threesome with, with Megan. Like, 
this is this is some sloppy Sally shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. all sorts of there's all sorts of mess happening here. But um, but I always try to encourage in these situations behind the scenes to say nothing because I think it is uh, better. <laughs> so long, long in this situation like let's say i mean we'll just use them as you know dummies in the conversation so like if you then like went to megan and was like hey get what you know jim said like here's what jim said about you if it were like really scathing and megan was like please 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 don't include that like i'll do anything like as a journalist what line would you draw? Like if you felt like his comments were, you know, really disparaging and really disrespectful, would you choose to put those out there still? Or would you say, oh, you know, Megan really asked me not to, or maybe I'll take out some sentences that were really rude. Like how do you kind of go about picking and choosing the things you'll include in a piece? Well, there's, it's a really great question. And there's a lot at play here. It's not oftentimes what I think. It's oftentimes what, you know, uh, our lawyers may think. It oftentimes Mm. may be what my editor may think, you know. Um, You can't be making scandalous claims against somebody else without having, uh, you know, necessarily proof to back it up, right? So if, you know, she was making a bunch of claims. Uh, if one was making a bunch of claims about another, whether it's these two or anybody, you have to be able to say, like, what's the validity of that? You can't, like, we wouldn't necessarily print, I don't think any publication would print, somebody making crazy claims against somebody without there being an investigative proof about some of that sort of stuff. Um, in this sort of case, you know, I think that most of the people that I deal with, especially the Bravo talent, understand that this sort of stuff is fair game, right? Yeah. Um, if you're saying things online and now all of a sudden you don't want me to report it, well, like, sorry, you have to understand you said it online. Like, that's the way it goes here. Um, this often happens with stuff about TV where they'll be like, please don't say that on, you know, and it's like, well, you said it on TV. There's nothing I could do, yeah. you know, like it's in the air. But ultimately, I, I don't want to hurt anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So as a reporter, as a person with a heart, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to tell the fair story. So here's what Jim said about you, Megan. Do you have a response to that? I will gladly print it. If, you, if your response is, you know what, Dave, I'm going to keep the high road in the situation and let him go off, that's fair. I will respect you for that. But like, I wouldn't just print it without at least asking. Well, that's good. And I think that also says a lot about the, one, your journalistic integrity, but also people's because, you know, I read all of these blogs, I'm like digging through blogs and they say just like terrible things. And, and then sometimes I'll like even debate if I want to report on that because I'm thinking like, is this shit true? Like, I don't need to be kind of reiterating false information to the thousands of people who listen to my own show. Like, I just don't want to like feed the beast. And a lot of times these stories are really fake. And so it is kind of hard weaning out sources that you trust. But yeah, people is definitely one that I'm like, okay, like when you read these articles, you know, your bias also doesn't really come out. And same with other writers where you don't want a reality blurb or radar online. Like, I feel like I'm reading someone's diary. Like, I'm like, okay, we know exactly how you feel about Dorit, but please give me the meat and potatoes of the story of her lawsuit. Like, I don't care that you think, you know, she has a stupid outfit or whatever, or whatever her situation is. 
Well, right. Because in the end, like my personal opinions about what they are doesn't really matter. I'm trying to just get what the truth of the story is. And I understand what it's like to be on the other end of vicious rumors to some small extent. Like I, I recognize how hard it must be for these people on a daily basis to be um, attacked. And yes, they're getting paid for it. Yes, they're putting themselves oftentimes in these situations by opening up their mouths and saying stupid shit. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that doesn't mean that I need to feed the beast oftentimes to kill them. I, I really yeah. think a lot, it's funny, it's like I'm 38 years old and I was very impacted in my life and in my career by what happened to Princess Diana. I was at that age when she died that I like really saw how you know, she was being chased by the media and that literally killed her. So I think a lot about people like her when I'm reporting and I think about not wanting to like hurt or kill people. I really think about wanting to help tell their stories. Um, I, you know, I broke the Kenya Moore divorce and that was like a very casual. Tough... <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not saying it to be like, but I'm using this as a good example. Like, well, they're, they're not divorced. Excuse me. They're separation. They seem Oof. to be working it out and being in a better place right now. Woof. But like navigating that situation behind the scenes, which was hilarious to watch it play out on TV in a way and, and hear her say like, my publicist got a call and being like, that was me. Um, but like, <laughs> that's so cool. But like, I know, but like watching it kind of, I know because I'm like, as a fan, that's crazy. I can't believe it. But, <laughs> but like going through that situation, those are real feelings. Those are real hurt. Those are real people going through it. Yeah. And it's about saying like, listen, I want to help you guys so that it doesn't become the dirty blogs of judging you, I, you know, that you both have a fair say in this sort of situation. That's really what I try to do as much as I can. And I just hope that like, if I treat them with respect and kindness, that they will you know, open up to me and understand that I'm not out to hurt them because I, I really never am. Totally. Well, that's a really beautiful way of looking at it. And it's actually nice. And I sometimes struggle with that too, where I, you know, feel like, you know, I don't want to put people on blast or I don't want to make them feel bad. But sometimes if it's like a new story, like that's the nature of the beast of my show. But I even try to like limit it, at least on the show, I feel it as if I can be a little bit more vocal. But I try to keep those certain things off of social media. Like, you know, I don't like posting women's mug shots and I don't like yeah. bashing like their children and so many things. Like, I feel like you kind of have to like draw your lines and decide like, oh, I'm not going to talk about this. And at least for me, a lot of the blogs, they talk so disparagingly about African-American women and just any person of color on these shows. And I find it yeah, like a disproportionate rate towards like the white women where it's like, you know, Kenya Moore can forget to, you know, pay her taxes a week late or something. And there'll be 30 articles about it. Whereas Dorit, you know, there's like one, one in a while, once in a while. And so I always also find that certain blogs and certain writers, you know, target certain people. And I think it's unfair. And so I also try to kind of make sure I'm being thoughtful in the things I'm saying and not just like sitting here bashing women who don't deserve it. It's, it's hard. Yeah. And and people I'm, have like hit me up and said like, you're being too easy on her. Why didn't you talk about this? Or I can't believe you're flip-flopping your ideas. And it's like, you kind of have to take it story by story, week by week with these kinds of women because, you know, things can change on a dime, but I don't want to ruin lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, well, insane. that's the thing. And like, listen, we can all have a little bit of fun with this, right? Like it's fun being like, oh my God, Megan. And, you know, <laughs> like she did, she did a TikTok where she was basically like, 
go fuck yourself to her ex and it was like <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of fun because he honestly seems like a piece of shit treated you like crap but then you're also like but then they have kids and like uh, calm down you know yeah. so there's like <laughs> exactly. there's like a line in all of this where we all want to have a really good time and enjoy it and these women are so entertaining and they bring up stuff on the show that is like crazy and they attack each other and they yell and they fight and it's fun because they're passionate and they're real and they're showing their arguments but then there are certain times where it crosses the line where you have to be like okay that's too much and it's a hard balance and a hard line for all of us to walk I don't want to take the fun out of it though. That's the thing. So I just try to celebrate and have a good time with it and do my best. And I think that you have the same attitude, which I really appreciate. Well, we will get to our last part of the episode, which is kind of on a bummer note, which I'm like, we were talking about all great things. But Real Housewives of New Jersey star Teresa Giudice's husband, Joe, finally has his deportation appeal verdict and it is that he is not allowed to come back to the United States for the foreseeable future which is really really devastating considering this family cannot catch a break especially after her father died less than a month ago and I can't even imagine the pain that's kind of going through all the Judice's and Gorga's lives right now it's just I know I feel so sad for those children they're such wonderful girls and they really are you know I feel, t- I feel really um, a lot of compassion for them and a lot of compassion even for Teresa. I know that she's at a point where she doesn't want to continue her marriage, but like I know that she and has said it openly many times, like she doesn't want Joe to be stuck away from her family and she, she wants Joe to be back home. I'm grateful that Joe is out. I think that finally getting the... Um, Finally getting the release to Italy and making that decision to go to Italy was a really smart decision for him. Yeah, I and I'm glad, I'm glad that he did that. I'm glad that, you know, he can be at least a free man there and make money for his family, even if it's just doing cameos. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do it, do it up. You know what I mean? Like, Any way to make a buck. And, cameos and SponCon, let him do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, it's really sad. This is the third appeal. Up until this appeal, we had told we had been told multiple times that this was the last appeal, that there was like three times a charm sort of thing. And if, if you didn't get this, it wasn't going to, you wouldn't have another chance. But now uh, their family attorney, James J. Leonard, is saying that there is a chance that they may be able to appeal yet again. As James had said, or Jim, as he goes by, had said on Real Housewives in New Jersey, uh, last season that like the odds are kind of against him. Um, and that I think is something that we really need to remember here. You know, every time you go to appeal, you don't have, if you don't have any new information, there's nothing new that you're bringing to the table of why you want to come back. It's harder and harder. And that's his problem. Like they're not bringing forward any new information. Immigration is one of the hottest topics on the planet, as Jim Mm -hmm. said. And I think that, you know, Joe's really in the, it's kind of in the crossfire of all of it. I know it's a bummer, but I mean, at least he's like in his beautiful, like medieval town in Italy, like with his like right. cute little dog. And I do love his Instagram presence lately. He's been doing a lot of workout videos yeah. and they're just so funny. He's always with like 
a old Italian man who's like in his 60s. They're doing burpees and like <laughs> third grade karate kicks, which is just so good. So at least he's trying to stay positive. And I have a feeling like the girls will probably like all study abroad there or do something in Italy. I feel like even spending their summers there with him and his family because I think Teresa understands how important it is for them to be near their dad. And you could see like Adriana when they were in Italy, just like clinging to Joe because she lost him out of her life in such like pivotal ages, what, like four or five years old. Like those are the years that you can begin having a relationship with your dad and actually talking with him and, you know, being with him. And, and so she lost that time. And so, hopefully they can kind of strike sort of strike some sort of situation where they can all be together, even though like Italy is like even on more of a lockdown than the United States right now. So maybe next summer they could do all of these summering in Italy. But for the yeah, time look, being, like, right now we're all at pause. Right. But mm-hmm. it'll, I completely agree with you. I think that there's going to be a big future for those girls and him. And look, he can move to Canada. He can move to, oh, yeah. you know, closer places that travel is not far it isn't really far from new york to get to italy it's like what six hours on a plane so like it's not bad and honestly uh, there's a huge bright future for that whole family i'm excited for this next chapter in Teresa's life i can't wait to see her dating i think that the great love of her life is still out there um the only thing that i think won't happen that she seems to think will is I don't think that she's given birth to another baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we need that. Let's just focus on your four daughters. Yeah. Which, when, she, like, when she casually was like, maybe I'll freeze my eggs. I was like, girl, you are too old to freeze those eggs. I don't know what Crickets. you think. It does not work that way. But I love her. I love her nonetheless. <laughs> uh, same. Uh, well, Dave, this brings us to the end of today's episode. This was so amazing. Thank you for coming on i really appreciate you taking the time oh my um, gosh look we have nothing but time <laughs> i know right <laughs> but i am so honored to be asked and thank you so much for having me and i wish you the best bravo week ahead there's a lot of good things coming down the pike oh yeah and we I got some new shows everything. we got married to medicine la coming back we have camp getaway which i think is actually going to be pretty good yeah i, hoping... I watched the first episode it's really fun Ooh. Yay. Okay. So I think that's Monday. And then, yeah, Vanderpump, Beverly Hills, New York. Yeah. We're just in like a great time for Bravo viewing. So I'm. And let me just tell you, we have, we have the Atlanta reunion coming up, which is going to be a hoot, but also, (laughs) and I don't want to be, I'm not saying this as like, I'm better because I don't feel that way at all. I'm very humble in the fact that I was able to see it. The new season of Potomac Uh, is so good. (gasps) You've seen it? I've seen the first episode (laughs) and it is so good. And it is coming and it is worth the wait. I know that we're all bummed, but we have to think in the long haul here. (laughs) It is going to be so good. Thank you for that little scoop. I'm so excited for the new season. It's, It's the best. It's so underrated. And I'm actively trying to get listeners of this show to just start watching. Doesn't matter where you start. I've always been a purist for saying, like I say, start from season one, but I don't even care. Start season four. Who cares? Start watching. (laughs) Yes, in this case, I will definitely say you can choose any season to jump in, but you should definitely spend your time in in, uh, stay at home uh, watching 
the Real Housewives of Potomac if you haven't watched it before. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to those girls. Yes, I appreciate that because they deserve all the shout outs. Well, where can people find you, follow you, and read your awesome articles? Oh, um, really, I think the best thing to do is give me a follow on Twitter at 9daves, N-I-N-E-D-A-V-E-S. Um, I'm also on Instagram, though. I'm terrible at Instagram. I, like, barely look at it. But, um, but Twitter is the, is the place where I will spend most of my time and tweet out all my uh, articles and whatnot. Perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on. This is so awesome. I'll send you all the links and stuff tomorrow when it's out. Yes, I can't wait. Thank Yay. you so much. This is Adore great. You, it was great really. to talk to you. the best time. Yeah, we should grab a drink once New York City is up and running, um, whenever, whenever the hell that will be. <laughs> yes, please, 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 please. Although I'm sober, so I'm going to ask if we have oh. milkshakes instead. Uh, please, I'd actually prefer a milkshake, let's be real. <laughs> yes, milkshakes will be way more fun. <laughs> yes, great. Well, so have a great Sunday. Thank you. All right, Thank talk you so soon. much for having me. It really means a lot. I'm so honored to be here. Thank great. you. Have a good All one. Right. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 